welcome to the Creating Powerful Impact podcast, where we look at behind the scenes of why and how leaders are making an impact and how you can too. I'm Shay Wheat, the founder and CEO of Grace and Ease Productions and the host of Creating Powerful Impact podcast. We support six, seven, and eight-figure speakers, coaches, and expert thought leaders in creating powerful and profitable live and virtual live events. Our clients have made over $25 million in revenue, gained over 3,700 new clients, and changed the lives of over 29,000 attendees with events as few as 50 people and over 4,000 in attendance. So stick around to the end of the show where we'll reveal how you can be a next guest in just 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, welcome back. I'm super excited to be with you today because I have a pretty amazing person that I want to share with you. I've got Andrew Lee here with me today, who is a creative agency owner with over 10 years of experience in both advertising and marketing. And on top of that, he's also scaled his own agency from a team of 10 to over 40 in two years managing a 30% annual client growth rate and simultaneously increasing profit margins by 300%. Super excited to be talking to Andrew today. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Super happy to be here. Hey, we're going to have lots of fun. So I have a lot of questions for you. Um, First, I want to know if there's anything you want to add and share with our audience about what it is that you do. And then I want to start diving into how you're creating impact in the world and then definitely talking about those scaling numbers. So tell us a little bit more about your company. Definitely. So uh, as you mentioned, I uh, I own a social media marketing agency. Uh, it's called Slick Media. Uh, we focus primarily on restaurants and like the hospitality sector. Um, we essentially work with companies nationwide, ranging from mom and pop shops up to restaurant groups, franchises, and even corporate brands. Um, and then the other side of my world is uh, I also uh, started off a creative staffing agency. Where our job is to try to find you, you know, mid-level creatives, something in like the art director world animations, videos, art direction, you name it. Like we try to service you on the creative end. Okay, fantastic. Now I know there's probably a story in there of how you essentially have like two businesses going on. (laughs) Um, Do you want to share maybe like how that journey kind of started? And then I'm sure that's going to end up into how you're creating impact in the world today. Definitely, definitely. So uh, my journey actually started on the social media side. I've had that company since about 2012, 2014. So like almost a decade, you know, if I remember my dates correctly here. Right. Um, and how many fingers can we hold up? <laughs> no, <right? laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, you know, on the creative marketing or on the creative marketing side, uh, content creation is always a big thing. So we're constantly doing production, photo shoots, video shoots, and of course, design. Um, as we continue to grow, you know, design needs and just continuing to build out the creative team became a pretty big obstacle um, internally. Um, as everybody knows, you know, create, creative talent is far and few, like, especially because it's, it's subjective, right? Like, yeah. You can be skilled in Photoshop, you can be skilled in like all the different platforms, but like, do you know, have the right style for the right brand or the right style for the right team and so on and so on. So like that was kind of a roadblock that I hit uh, in my own, you know, attempts at growing that business. Uh, but then when I kind of solved for that, when I realized that I didn't need to be restricted and, you know, controlled by what was locally around me, that I could look 
internationally? Like, why not work with somebody who is somewhere else? Like, does it really matter at that point? At the end of the day, if somebody is talented and they are a good employee, then they're a good employee. It shouldn't matter to me, you know, if they live here, if they live in Italy, if they live in Asia, like at the end of the day, they're a good employee. So mm-hmm. when I kind of broke through that bar- that mental barrier of hiring, not locally, but just hiring who was good for the job, that opened my eyes. And then from there, I actually got the idea of, hey, you know, other owners may be solving the same, or maybe uh, hitting the same kind of roadblock. Like I can solve that for them. Like I was able to solve it for myself. So maybe I can help other business owners find creative talent for their specific needs without the limitations and restrictions of, you know, hiring locally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. I love that essentially you were solving your own problem. And then through that, you're like, well, shoot, I'm probably not the only one that has this issue. I had something similar happen to me. Like I run and produce events, speakers, coaches, experts, and I was realizing I couldn't find enough team that actually know how to run these events. So I created my certification program out of it to teach people how to run these types of events. Sounds like it's similar, but you're already finding the ones that are already experts. You don't have to train them themselves. You already find them, vet them, I would assume, and, and put them in place. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Uh, I mean, we are a staffing agency through and through. Like We will do custom requisitions based on you know whatever the client's needs are. And then find somebody that's fine-tuned and like just fit for them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I will say that the whole pandemic and the whole lockdown definitely helped build the acceptance of remote work culture. Um, mm-hmm. If you think about like, just go back a few years, right? Like companies that don't have physical locations, companies that don't have teams in front of them, like it was, it was kind of foreign. Like why, why would you have a virtual team? But now it's completely accepted. Yeah. So I actually felt that, you know, coming out of, you know, obviously the past few years, um, it was kind of the right time to try to build a business like that and really help support other owners, other business managers, et cetera, et cetera, just to build creative teams because virtual work is here. It's, it's, it's going to stay. So why not capitalize on it and find the best work that you can? Mm-hmm. Like you're not stuck to just going on Fiverr and finding the cheapest possible result, like looking right. for some, you know, experienced people. Mm-hmm. And probably have to go through a number of people to try and find that one person in the haystack type of thing, right? Because exactly. they don't know what they're searching for versus you know what you're vetting for, for certain opportunities. Exactly. The language, right? It's like you're already an expert in your in that world versus having somebody like myself or one of my clients coming in saying, I think I need a creative person. It's not really what I do. This is what I need to have happen, but I don't know really speak the language. They could just come to you and say, This is what I'm needing. And you're like, Oh yeah, this is what you need for that. One hundred percent. You know, we we take on the heavy lifting for you. So you, you don't have to browse through thousands of resumes. God. <laughs> Thank you for that, Andrew. So, I mean, from that perspective, you're definitely creating impact in the world by taking a huge load off of your clients Mm -hmm. because they don't have to do the sourcing. They don't have to do the finding. They don't have to do the vetting. You take that piece on. So that way they're finding a cultural fit and an educational fit and a business fit so that they can stay in their genius and move forward the business is kind of how I'm seeing it. No, 100%. And, you know, that, that approach is the way that I approach both of my businesses. It's all about delivering value. Yeah. If you're, if you're in an industry where it's like service-based, you have to develop that relationship. Ultimately, it's about value, right? Like, am I delivering something that is valuable to my clients? Mm-hmm. Yes or no. Because mm-hmm. the moment that starts to degrade, it starts to be like, you know, not 
I guess, not measured the same way, that that's when relationships start to dissolve. So as, as long as I, you know, focus on delivering value, making sure that, hey, I'm here to support the client and whatever it is in the marketing front, the production side, helping them find new employees, like, you know, I'm helping out my client. Yeah. So let me ask you from a different perspective, because you have the marketing and the advertising background, um, I'm curious, how do you actually gain clients for yourself or for your clients? Sure. So uh, I would say that we've actually been very lucky about referrals. Um, I, like, even though, like, you know, we have the sales teams, lead generation teams, et cetera, et cetera, like half of our clients that come in are through referrals, are through, you know, past clients who have left, but they loved our business, then they told somebody about it. Um, on the marketing side, the restaurant industry is actually pretty small. Like if you if you have built a restaurant or work in the restaurant space, more than likely you've crossed paths with like other people who are in the space as well. So word of mouth gets around really easily. Um, on the staffing side, you know, it's all based on need. Uh, I will say that we are servicing like a very specific type of client. You know, like we're, we're not trying to hit the Joe Schmo trying to do like a presentation for like a one-time project kind of deal. Like yeah. more focused on like the owners trying to scale the team, build out a creative team, like more longevity and like long-term relationships there. So that, that one is a little bit trickier in terms of like picking up clients um, just because we are so, I guess we're curating them to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Have in your, so you've scaled from 10 to 40 mm -hmm. in that I'm sure you've created standard operating procedures and like funnel systems and, and like the path of your customer and the customer journey. Have you started to look out mapping out the customer journey for gaining referrals then? We have, and we have like looked at, you know, what's worked and what hasn't worked with just past clients and what's contributing to that referral process. Yeah. Um, ultimately it's like, I, I'm very much on the side of you work with who you like, right? Uh, um, yeah. Yes, of course, do a good job. But if you work with who you like, you're more likely to continue working with them, even if mistakes happen here and there. And looking back at it, I feel like the clients that actually give us the most referrals are the ones that we took care of. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you an example. during. COVID during lockdown, uh, we worked with restaurants. So a lot of them shut off services. I mean, it made sense, right? Restaurants are shutting down, nobody's going outside. So why pay for marketing services? Mm -hmm. But um, a few of the larger brands, you know, when they approached us and told us, hey, we need to stop services. We valued those relationships so much. We actually gave them free months. We told them, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep supporting you through the next like few months to see where things are going to go. But, you know, that, I guess, gift of generosity on our side paid off like tenfold. Like now those clients are so loyal to us because we took care of them during such like a, you know, mm -hmm. a crazy time. Like nobody knew what was going to happen, but like we were there, we were supporting their brand still. So they support us back. So I, I feel like it, it all boils down to, you know, working with who you like, being able to provide value and just like having a good relationship. Like that's what's going to contribute towards future referrals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's eventually how you end up just creating even more impact. Yeah. locking arms with the people that you really enjoy doing business with having those relationships where, you know, like some of my AV guys, they come, they come in, they tell me, they're like, whatever it is, the answer is yes. <laughs> right. Like those right. kinds of relationships where whatever you need, yes, we will figure it out. We will make it happen. Yes. The answer is yes. And then let's go do it. Right. It sounds like that's kind of the same thing that you've built with your clientele. No, definitely. And even internal, right? Like as you're mm -hmm. building out your own team, like you want to create an environment where people are happy to do the work. It's not just I'm getting a paycheck just to do this and I clock out. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I think overall, like we very much try to create a, a good, happy environment, <laughs> you know, for people to want to work out and work with. Yep. Yep. Okay. So that's, that's all the great and amazing and wonderful things. Um, what about the ones that are listening right now that are like, that's awesome, Andrew, I'm in the thick of scaling right now. You went from 10 to 40. Like what were the kind of the stumbling blocks you were running into as you were scaling? Uh, I I would say the initial one was probably a mental block on how much to let go of. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Dive into that. I mean, if, if you are a, you know, you're, you're a primary operator, like you're the owner of a company, but you're also the main operator, your mm-hmm. hands are in everything. Yeah. But the only way for you to scale is to be able to start delegating things down. But there's always that, that trust factor, right? Like, <laughs> is this going to get done the same way that I want it to get done or the same way that I would do it myself? Right. Really, I, I think you have to just accept the fact that it's never going to get done exactly the way that you want it to get done, but establish, you know, standard operating procedures so that what you need gets done is still taken care of. Mm-hmm. And then just trust that and then start delegating things down. Um, mm-hmm. I also believe that when you start delegating down processes, it doesn't have to be perfect. It could be like an MVP version and continue to fine tune it because now you have more time to focus on like what's, you know, what's being done and how to make it better. Um, I also strongly believe like, empowering the team members under you. So mm-hmm. let's say you give somebody a task and a responsibility, you tell them how you'd normally do it, but if they have a better way of doing it, adopt it, consider it. Like they may take a completely different perspective or approach on something that you've done the same way for the past few years, right? And you just couldn't see it yourself because you never let go of that, um, that responsibility. Um, I, I think getting over that mental hurdle and starting to delegate was the biggest thing uh, for me initially. But once you get into it, I would say pace it. Because once you get into it, it can landslide so fast. You can easily say, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna dump everything off my plate onto somebody else and just let it go. But then you still have to fine tune it. You still have to like micromanage it, at least for a while until you get it to a point where you feel like it's running and it's a, it's sustainable. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I've had some of the similar growing pains of like releasing and giving somebody else your baby that you've had and owned and operated forever by yourself. But you're right. The only way to really scale and leverage is to have team handle it. And you are finding and sourcing the right people that are probably better at it than you that look at it from a different perspective that can probably make it even better. Yeah. And I, you know, I think when you're, when you start to delegate down, you also have to accept that not, you're never going to find a replacement for you. Right. You are the ultimate multitasker. You know, everything about the business. You're going (laughs) to always approach every problem in a different way because of the depth of knowledge that you have. Mm -hmm. So when you build out those training materials, when you start to brief somebody else, understand that they're coming in at, they're coming at it completely new. They don't have the same understanding that you do. So you have to be able to dumb things down to a point where it's a training manual. Like it's almost like a, for dummies, this is how you do this, you know? (laughs) And then from there, they can start to build it back up again. Uh Now you start to build, you know, managers, you started to build like uh, points of contact, subject matter experts, and all the different things that you you used to take care of. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So definitely mindset is the, the key number one piece as you're scaling and growing. So I would love to hear like, where are you going? What's, what's happening over the next couple of years? What direction are you guys heading in? Uh, good question. <laughs> you know, you know, whenever this question comes up, I'm not ever really sure because I'm always very, 
in my mind, I think we take two steps forward and one step back. <laughs> but, <laughs> Welcome to entrepreneurship, right? <laughs> right. Like I'm always kind of worried about like, okay, what if this happens? But, you know, we've been lucky enough to have pretty much year over year growth. So, you know, my track record should make me more confident about where the, where the trajectory is. Um, I, I would love to get the company to the point where, you know, maybe I hire myself out. You know, maybe somebody else is in charge of the day-to-day -day operations and I kind of step back to me like an advisory like chairman type of role um mm -hmm. i find a lot of just value and like just i i love being able to build something and then going looking back and seeing what i've created um this company yes it's been almost 10 years yes you know there's 40 people but like i'm still very much part of it so i, I would love to see the day where hey i can step back and just see this creation just continue to go you know with with or without me yeah um, nice goal to get towards yeah, I think so. It, I've, I've heard it as you start exiting certain pieces of the business, right? So when you're starting out, you're exiting the line and yep. then you're because you're delegating and you're like more of a manager and then you exit the management and you move into like the CEO role and then to exit the CEO role, then you're like on the board, kind of like what you're saying. And then eventually I think you can exit the company, right? And it's the whole exit schedule if you wanted to, if you wanted to sell the company to somebody else, right? Um, but taking a look at even, even a simple thing of like, could you take 30 days off and the company still run, I think is a, is a area that I'm heading for at least, right. Of like, if I walked away for a month, would the company still move forward and bring in business and still, you know, support all of our clients and get them crazy, awesome results. You know, I think that's a good question because then it kind of depends on what your level of tolerance is. Um, mm -hmm. If I stepped away for a month, is the company still going to operate? Team still going to run? Yeah, probably. But, you know, there may be small things that fall through the crack that I would normally have taken care of. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, what's your, what's your threshold, right? Like, are you okay with things maybe dipping like 10%? Okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> mm -hmm. Or if, if, if you're trying to get to the goal where like, it's still going to 100% move forward with or without me, like, I think that's, like that's where I'm definitely not at yet, but I would love to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Well, I think this has been really, really super helpful. Uh, you've given us a number of key things to take a look at from looking at our mindset of releasing the baby and giving to somebody else and really trusting and delegating um, in order to you know scale and leverage the company, as well as taking a look at really developing the relationships and the referrals and loving on your clients making it so that everything is figure outable and gifting, like you gifted your, your clients. Hey, we've got you. Let's mm -hmm. figure this out. We've got a couple of months. Let's just keep moving. And, you know, now they're loyal and they probably bring you even more business than you would have expected. But that wasn't your intention in the beginning is what it sounds like. It was just part of, we're in this together. You're my peeps. Let's go. Um, so I would love to, you know, hear a little bit about, I think you have some, some type of gift that you want to be able to support our audience with. Yeah. So, um, on, on my, uh, staffing agency website with my coffee.com slash gift, um, I have a little blurb, you know, that kind of goes into more detail about what actually happened, um, during, during lockdown and during like building those relationships and how that actually translated over to the referral side. Um, I, I think there's a lot of value to be taken from that. And I mean, I, I hope it's valuable. I, I remember rephrase that. I hope it's valuable to people, but uh, I definitely put a lot of just weight on uh, building those relationships and where it's helped me to get towards coming out of the past few years. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely valuable. So head on over to with my coffee.com forward slash gift. So you can go ahead and pick that up from Andrew, connect with him. He's a wealth of knowledge. Um, if you're definitely looking for a, it's like an art director, right? Is what yeah. you really support people with. This is the guy to go to. Mid-level creatives, anything like just, just not a junior role. You know, like I'm not trying to give you somebody who could just make you a flyer for your holiday <laughs> party. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Andrew, for creating further impact in the world, loving on your clients. Um, I know it really made a difference, especially during the pandemic. It sounds like you continue to grow hand over fist. And I appreciate the work that you're doing in the world. And thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great being here. Thank you so much for listening to the Creating Powerful Impact podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, author, or thought leader who would like to be on this program, simply visit creatingpowerfulimpact.com forward slash guest. If you are someone who got something out of this interview, would you please do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials. Also, if you know somebody that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag creating powerful impact. I love seeing all of your posts and great guest selections. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they really mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more about us? Head on over to our website, graceandeaseproductions.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Just look for Grace and Ease Productions on your favorite platform. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.